Welcome to Your Life Choices, Australia's leading online resource for the over 60s. And today it's a little different to my normal conversations on Your Life Choices. You know, I don't think there's been any time in Australia's recent history where there has not been a debate on population size and immigration. And I'll be honest, I was unaware that there was a strong lobby group pushing for a sustainable population. But I was wrong. Sustainable Population Australia is an independent, not-for-profit organisation seeking to protect the environment and our quality of life by ending population growth in Australia and globally while rejecting racism and involuntary population control. So I'd like to know more and I have uh, the communications manager from SPA, Sustainable Population Australia, on the line. Michael Bayliss, welcome. Thank you for having me and very honoured for not being uh, one of your typical interviewees. <laughs> yes. Well, it is a little different, uh, Michael, and uh, I'm interested to know um, how SPA, Sustainable Population Australia, came to be and what your objectives really are. Yes, we came together in 1988. It was a group of concerned environmentalists who met in Canberra. That's where we started. A lot of them were huge followers of the population bomb uh, written by Australian Paul Ehrlich back in the late 60s, I believe. And back then we were called Australians for an Ecologically Sustainable Australia. And since then we have changed our name to Sustainable Population Australia. And instead of being just based in Canberra, we're based all over the country now, including branches in every state. In terms of policies and objectives, I would explain SPA's role as a response to much of the environmental movements, many of the major environmental organisations in Australia who don't have population as part of their own policies and objectives. And we believe that population is not the only contributing factor to a range of environmental, um, social, economic shortcomings, especially if uh, one believes in the concept of limits to infinite growth on a finite planet. Um, But it is, is lacking in the environmental discourse. So we're around trying to be as loud and vocal as possible until other environmental organisations decide to take it on board and recognise that the issue on population is perhaps a little less of a poison chalice than um, much of the media and social discourse will have us believe. Why do you think it is that uh, no political party has ever taken up your cause? Well, I'd probably um, qualify with no major political parties. There are a couple of minor parties, uh, one of them being Sustainable Australia Party, who share a very similar name with us and an overlap of membership, but we're not affiliated. They just happen to champion uh, population. But look, the issue is that on the political right, uh, especially those on the economic right, um, there is a belief that the GDP and the economy need to grow, often via the housing and construction sectors these days. So those on the political right often make the assumption that more people equal more customers, which will equal more profit. Those on the left and 
uh, I guess, several decades ago, um, many on the political left actually were strong advocates against population growth. This has changed. I, I think many on the left views some of the positives from population growth being around um, an increase in diversity and, um, and that are relate to social justice issues and um, believe in Australia that, you, you know, an open borders policy is more equitable um, for, for everyone in the world, um, particularly in reflection of our colonial history. Now, both perspectives on that are a little bit simplistic and, in, in my opinion, don't regard some of the nuances or uh, many of the externalities that come with population growth. How many people would you like to see in Australia? Because uh, currently we have some, what, 24 million people in Australia? Is that around the population amount, 25, 26? Yes, we'll be heading towards 26. Our ideal is for population to stabilise and level off as soon as possible long term. So we're a little bit loath to say, let's stop at 26 million tomorrow and never grow by one person after that. But what we are saying is long term, let's see our population cap. So we, we believe, for example, if um, fertility rates remained as much as it is now, which is slightly under two children per woman, and if net overseas migration didn't exceed, you know, 50 to 70,000, um, that population would stabilise by the time we reach around 30 million people. Um, certainly from our perspective, uh, which is confirmed by many surveys that uh, have been taken over the years, uh, that most people would rather the population level off by around 30 million than head towards a population of 40 million by 2050. Do you recall any time in Australia's history, as I said in the intro, Michael uh, Bayliss, that uh, there has always been a debate about immigration or there's always been a debate about uh, you know sustainable populations within this country, but the argument's never really been about the environment. It's it's just usually been about look you know there's uh, you know don't start taking our jobs and all the rest of it, all the all the old sort of school arguments. So there's a shift, yes, in the argument. There is a shift. I'm not quite sure whether um, the shift is completely towards the, the environment, but it is around, I think, new and emerging issues uh, that may not have been as relevant several days ago, including traffic congestion. Oh, you know, they're, they're, um, they're coming over here, they're taking our jobs, yada, 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 you know? Yeah, look, most of the surveys, when asked what are your concerns around an increasing population, you know, aspects around cultural diversity or, or the fears of being invaded by the other or, or whatever feature very low into people's radars. What is high on people's radars is housing affordability, infrastructure, uh, getting stuck on the roads or the trains. Is that a fault of uh, uh, having too many people within, you know, in Australia, having the population too big, or the lack of uh, foresight and infrastructure? 
it's both. Sustainable Population Australia released a discussion paper uh, two years ago exploring um, that very matter, the catch-up illusion, and the finding um, showed that basically with a population growth rate of what we were having pre-COVID, which was towards 2% per year or the equivalent size of a new Canberra every year, uh, that infrastructure was simply failing to keep up with the rate of population growth. So is that that's a fault of governments? Well, it, it's, a, it's a fault of government, A, having policies in place, socially engineered policies in place that would allow Australia's population to increase by the size of the Canberra every year, coupled with the fact that there is little public expenditure and little recognition of the fact that providing infrastructure for that population growth um, would basically blow the budget book. There's something like 180,000 jobs going at the moment in Australia. Uh, would not an increase in immigration or getting back to the levels that were prior to uh, COVID be a good thing? Yeah, and we are at a curious case uh, right in this point in Australia's history True. where the borders have been closed after the waves of COVID-15 and certainly um, businesses have been calling on the uh, issues of struggling to find staff to fill spaces. On the flip side, luminaries like Philip Lowe and Ross uh, Gamal, uh, Reserve Bank heads or former Reserve Bank heads, have suggested that wages have improved for many Australian workers, including young Australian job seekers and, and, and unskilled workers. Indeed, SPA had a, a discussion paper entitled Is There a Shortage of Skilled Workers? Uh, written by a leading um, economist that suggests high levels of immigration in the decade pre-COVID-19 contributed to stagnant income growth, lower incomes and employment prospects for both skilled and unskilled Australians and detracted from the living standards of many Australian working families. Now, I know below you raised um, you know, the, 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 the classic issue of they're coming over and taking our jobs, but the, the broader issue is that more investment should be going to education and university and TAFE to, to skill up the Australia, you know, the people in Australia that are already here, including existing migrants and second generation migrants, um, and that we shouldn't be relying from abroad in, in order to fill up employment opportunities when they arise. Certainly pre-COVID, with the uh, work visas that were in place, there was also a dark underbelly of systemic exploitation of uh, migrant workers because they couldn't access welfare. I mean, I think there was a big 7-11 controversy uh, around systemic exploitation of migrant workers. So that's the other side and, and something that we don't want to see as well. So if I could ask you to summarise Sustainable Population Australia's key points uh, and beliefs and desires, uh, give me, the, uh, give me the, the bullet points here, please, uh, Michael. 
Sure. So, look, we believe that Australia shouldn't have closed borders, but um, net overseas migration should be around fifty to 70,000 per year. Um, that the migration programs that we do have prioritise refugees via the humanitarian program, which is currently a very small proportion of migration, but a huge amount of uh, <laughs> arguments between the left and the right, that we shouldn't be growing our population to service narrow business interests, that of growing the customer base and suppressing um, wages and externalising um, the, the, the infrastructure and service costs and, and the environmental costs to uh, state and local governments, um, privatise the profits, externalise the costs is a big catchphrase of um, modern neoliberalism. And also that we've got a global responsibility. So um, over the decades, Australia's contribution to foreign aid has gone down. Um, we believe it should go up and prioritise education and empowerment of women, uh, autonomy of and access to reproductive healthcare services, of course, uh, with no coercion, completely voluntary. But we are living in a world where there are 222, I think at last count, million unintended pregnancies per year. And certainly the overturning of the Road versus Wade case in the USA has... Um, um, yeah, well, that's correct, the, the Wade versus Road, I think, yeah. Numbers. Um, you're not uh, you're not advocating the one child policy, i.e., China in the eighties. No, that that's a basket case example of past family planning programs that didn't go well. Uh, what people don't realise is the majority of family planning programs in cooperation with Global North and the Global South were actually very successful. Um, you only have to look at. Iran in the 70s and 80s and Costa Rica in the 60s were incredibly fantastic examples of family planning outcomes. When we look at China's example, that was just one example, the one-child policy of a suite of mm. draconian and non-democratic measures that they were, that I believe they were imposing on their people for uh, across, you know, many subjects. You've just joined in with Your Life Choices for a for a survey. Uh, what was that survey, before I let you go, what was that survey involved and is it still running? Yeah, so um, Sustainable Population Australia cooperated with Your Life Choices to send out a number of survey questions to um, the Your Life Choices YLC readership. This was done late last year. We got the results early this year. Where are those results available? Uh, they are available on the Sustainable Population Australia website. Oh, great. Can be now, I just, just should mention uh, the, the, the website is population.org.au. So if you go to population.org.au, uh, that is where you'll find uh, all the latest Sustainable Population Australia news, views and uh, philosophies, uh, along with the uh, results of that survey. Am I correct, Michael? You're very correct. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, I just want to say thank you very much indeed for joining us. It's a contentious issue. 
And if you go to population.org.au, you'll see uh, a lot more information there and uh, it'll give you a further indication. As I said, also uh, results of that uh, Your Life Choices survey, which was done in conjunction with uh, Sustainable Population Australia. Michael, thank you so much for giving up your time today. I know it's a different time over there in Perth where you are right now and uh, we do appreciate you giving up your time. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm your host, John Deeks, and on behalf of Michael Bayliss, uh, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. And on behalf of all the Your Life Choices team, be well, be happy, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.